Welcome to the eGovernance Academy podcast to discover the future of governance. eGovernance Academy has assisted digital transformation globally in more than 130 countries. Our experts will share their insights and worldwide examples on how digital technology could benefit every society. Tune in for the Digital Government Podcast every Wednesday. Welcome to the Digital Government Podcast. I am Federico Plantera, journalist, sociologist, and researcher. And today we have Leah Hanni, who is many things, a scientist, a social activist, a politician, has been a politician, but at the moment she's also uh, the sen- one of the senior experts on e-democracy at e-governance academy. So Leah, welcome and thanks for joining us. Thank you for inviting me to take part in this podcast. Perfect. So today, what a topic that we will address with you is also something that you that you're definitely not new to at all. In the sense that it's something that somehow has also maybe uh, defined, in a way, part of your uh, career, both in politics and also in uh, consulting, uh, which is the topic of technology and democracy and understanding if there is a, any sort of like tension between the two elements or what is the relationship between technology and democracy in in a digital society or in a country that wants to become a digital society so we'll start exactly from this point um but but first i would like instead to i would like instead you to introduce a little bit uh yourself to the audience in the sense of like why and how you have come to uh, to address the topic of this relationship between technology and democracy. So I need to tell you a bit about my personal career. I, uh, I graduated from Tartu University. I studied theoretical physics and I worked uh, almost 20 years doing my research on, on stellar spectroscopy and doing a lot of programming. So. Uh, technology and uh, computers were very familiar to me. Uh, when I was uh, elected to, to be a politician in 1990, of course, I, I brought this uh, former life with me. Uh, so uh, understanding that uh, uh, technology is an opportunity to uh, to support Estonian development. But in politics, uh, I had a nickname, Democrat. It was uh, because I always stressed that uh, uh, for democracy, we should have uh, certain rules for that, certain standards and culture, uh, how uh, politicians approach uh, people. So, uh, yeah, yeah, so a democrat in the sense of like democrat, like the, <laughs> like the mythological. Uh... I was just uh, having always this word democracy in our discussion, in our political group. So, yes, I had this nickname. And sometimes my colleagues were quite uh, unhappy about my long talks, how important democracy is. But actually, I think. Uh, what was uh, of real uh, like importance was uh, when I w- was elected uh, as a member of Constitutional Assembly of Estonia. It was a body um, elaborating a new constitution for independent republic uh, of Estonia. And I think the, uh, when I uh, we did this work, of course, our aim was uh, to have a foundation for the country which uh, 
protects democracy. Democracy was uh, like our ideal. Uh, all this uh, balance of powers, uh, rule of law, uh, protection of, uh, of uh, rights and freedoms of cities, and it was like core in our discussions. And uh, I think uh, and now we know that the Constitution of Estonia is evaluated as a very positive factor which influenced the development of Estonia, also Deutsch E-State, what, what is now as, as image of Estonia. So constitution building was, I think, important not only for independence of the country, but also to have a democratic country. Well, Leah, in this sense, I mean, it's uh, honestly uh, a personal comment would be that it's great for me like, to talk to someone who was there like in the moment while this was happening, because what indeed we can address now uh, is exactly how uh, there must be certain principles probably like in the uh, in the configuration of the state and its institutions that could favor the development, let's say, eventually of a digital society. This is something that maybe in Western European countries uh, is like often, or like in Europe in general, in any case, is often taken for granted, considering that most countries have, let's say, um, high levels of democratic performance, if we might call it that way, or like highly democratic governments. However, we also know of other countries in the world that are not necessarily um, uh, democracies uh, in terms of the form of government or the form of state, but they are, in any case, attempting to build a digital society or a digital state, or in any case, services that could be delivered using technology to the citizens. In this sense, one question that I would have for you is, do you, do you think that technology in the sense has a color? In the sense, do you think that technology uh, choose side, like it can choose sides in this sense? Do you think that it's easier maybe to build a digital society in a democratic state or in an authoritarian state? Or what are the differences? Uh, technology doesn't have color. Technology is quite a neutral. Uh, people have make difference. And what is the difference between democratic and authoritarian states and societies is that I believe that democratic state is more productive because free people they uh, can use their uh, talent for development of the country. But for authoritarian regime, it's uh, simply a top-down process. And uh, uh, it, uh, it may be used uh, to harm uh, freedoms in, in society, and authoritarian regimes mostly use it. Although they uh, can be very um, effective to, to use technology in different uh, spheres of life, but something which uh, uh, separates democratic and authoritarian societies is how freedom is used by people. And uh, yeah, as I said, I believe that free societies are more effective more forward-looking than authoritarian regimes. But so, in terms of then uh, the, 
I mean, you bring up a point, which is, uh, I mean, you bring up another character, let's say, in this uh, tale of the, the digital society, which is indeed like the people. So the people who use the technology uh, and thus, um, let's say, give it a soul, which might be like a democratic one or an authoritarian one. But then considering instead the relationship between the people as citizens and uh, uh, the government or the form of state, uh, then what we would we say that technology like increases trust in the government, or maybe also is a topic that says an occasion for more for further conflict in the sense, and and even in some cases distrust uh, that people might have in the government. And what is an important point to instead? avoid this distrust from being uh, from arising the formal level of trust is very high in authoritarian societies if you uh, i remember uh, all these uh, data from Soviet time uh, uh, people just expressed that they will trust communist party and government but actually there is no real trust it's more a uh, fear I think uh, technology in principle can uh, can enhance trust because uh, it it may uh, it makes government more transparent more understandable uh, uh, for for people so uh, yeah it's not so easy to say that that authoritarian regimes there is absolutely no trust because the culture in this society is different people may think that it's uh, it's normal that we have a, a, like a leader one leader who tells us how how to how to what to do but uh, in democratic societies as i said uh, democratic societies are more effective in general more uh, they democratic societies in order to maintain democracy we need trust and the real issue is how to build this trust because it's not easy at all because also in democratic societies you have different ideas different ideologies and uh, to to uh, have this uh, peaceful coexistence uh, it is not only like a issue of uh, political culture it's about uh, uh, deeper issue of culture in society. So I think uh, in democratic societies we need to build trust and we need to use technology to build trust. But for authoritarian societies I think the basic issue is how, how people uh, get back their freedom, how society can live normal, free life without this uh, oppression from top let's say control in a way control, but then at, yes. but then at the same time see the the interesting point about the the topic of trust is also that yes through technology people like the government can become more transparent but at the same time technology in itself is not uh, you you said the government becomes more understandable also uh, by people, by the side of people, from the side of people. But at the same time, uh, 
technology is also not something that is at everyone's reach in terms of understanding, in the sense that uh, not everyone, of course, who uses digital public services knows exactly what's happening behind the public service that they are accessing digitally. Um, such a, as, for example, not everyone knows exactly how I vote internet voting, I voting works. No? So what made it possible in Estonia in the beginning since you since we you know of course like uh, perfectly the Estonian example you can describe it to us all who were not there back then uh, then what made it possible in Estonia to have such trust in technology that would then enhance the trust in the democratic institutions that were in any case just newly created what are the prerequisites in a way that you need to have in society for this I think we are a special case in se- in sense that uh, being long uh, time, uh, more than half a century under so so uh, under foreign rule, when we restored uh, our independence, I think this was a huge huge change for our population, and uh, the trust was somehow inbuilt. In, in in our statehood because it was our own statehood. And uh, that time, uh, 30 years ago, of course, all these uh, dangers uh, technology brings were not so obvious, no visible as they are now. And I think also because of the high educational level uh, of Estonian people, this kind of innovative approach uh, towards technology uh, was uh, was also uh, present in our society. And therefore, all this combination of, of different obstacles probably was a reason why it was uh, uh, so easy, for example, to introduce uh, digital identity and to introduce in internet voting, which is still quite a unique exercise uh, globally. So I remember that uh, when we passed a piece of legislation for internet voting, uh, even those people who didn't use technologies at time believed that it's good for Estonia. So yes, indeed, this trust was was there. And as I explained, it's uh, due to several uh, factors, also historic factors. Okay, okay. Now that that makes it uh, that makes it clearer. Let's say back uh, from the perspective of back then, why it also seemed such a almost like a counterintuitive, like almost like a self-explanatory choice. Let's say to go for a direction where technology would be so integrated with the functioning of the government and the public administration in Estonia, um, but. Uh, Uh, something that I would ask you in with regard to the internet voting, I mean, internet voting seems to be an example of a certain phenomenon in Estonia, which is that, at least for the Estonian case, which is that technology somehow reinforces democratic practices and the celebration, let's say, of democratic practices, such as, for example, the moment of uh, expressing your electoral preference, um, And then at this point, one question would be, so if other states were to um, increasingly uh, digitalize their services, because we're still talking about services, so about using technology in services, 
would um, do you think that this would somehow increase in any case also in other places that are not Estonia the trust in the government what I'm trying to what I'm trying to get here is essentially if we can somehow generalize some conclusions about the relationship between technology and democracy for countries that are not uh, this specific unique case. Uh, for internet vo voting especially, you need trust first, otherwise it's not possible to, to use technology for this kind of very sensitive uh, political exercise. So uh, I think, yeah, trust first and only then you can can go deeper into democratic processes, like uh, like voting processes. But there are, of course, other other mechanisms. Uh, how different states can enhance uh, democracy using technology, not starting from internet voting as Estonia did. Uh, for for Estonia, it was uh, just also need to to discover new electronic uh, services which would be interesting for, for Estonian people. So first we considered uh, e-voting not like a, some kind of fundamental change in our like, political environment, but simply as a, as a comfortable e-service uh, for people to take part in, in political processes. And I think for there are very many different uh, opportunities to enhance this kind of uh, opportunity for citizens to, to take part in political processes. It's not only voting, but uh, my opinion is that uh, voting is just like a final exercise of making decisions. Uh, more important it is, is that people are, people can every day somehow influence political uh, decision making if this is something uh, they are deeply concerned uh, about. So this uh, continuous citizen engagement in, in politics is that uh, actually matters for democracy. Yeah, because exactly and at eGovernance Academy, you are the you're one of the senior experts on e-democracy, which means that in any case, uh, democracy and the use of technology in democratic countries that goes beyond the moment of uh, simply like uh, expressing your electoral preference, so simply voting, but uh, ensuring that this participation continues to happen. So, but but even though technology, in the sense, in the topic of e democracy, in the field of e democracy, can facilitate and enhance the participation. The the topic uh, the the focus let's say still seems to go back to the people and to the people who make the government and the state institutions in order to actually put up and put in place those practices that regardless of whether technology is used as a facilitator or not actually enhance and improve uh, citizens' participation and uh, after all also citizens' democratic rights. Of course, policy matters. Uh, there are governments who uh, are very much interested that uh, to open up governmental processes for people, and there are governments uh, uh, who are more closed, uh, thinking that this representative democracy is enough uh, to to ensure democracy. I think, uh, but this is new opportunity technology 
provides us is uh, to, to advance uh, participatory democracy. So to, to open up governmental processes, policy making processes to build, uh, build uh, platforms and, uh, and mechanisms online mechanism for for citizens to to contribute to decision making and uh, policy drafting processes this is i think the core element of, of today's democracy to to use ict for like normal everyday participation of citizens in in uh, de designing their own life environment on local level or uh, uh, on the country level Okay, Leah, thanks a lot. And we'll wrap it up here because this is also a bit of a, uh, like a positive outlook on uh, the future of like using technology even more, let's say, in democracy to, en to enhance the and improve citizens' participation. Uh, so, Leah, thanks a lot for having joined us uh, today for this episode of the Digital Government Podcast. And thank you for interesting topic you raised. Perfect. I'm glad. And uh, I'm also glad for our listeners being at this point, since the topic uh, was interesting and the conversation was interesting. And indeed, to our listeners, I'd just say to tune in to the next episode of the Digital Government Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by eGovernance Academy. Tune in on next Wednesday.